The Washington Commanders fall at home 38-31 against the division rival Philadelphia Eagles. This is our instant reaction here on Ref the District. Let's go. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District's instant reaction. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We are on the Believe Network. And I really believed Washington was going to be able to pull off the upset at halftime, Stoner. Second time this season, Washington was up 17 to 10 over their division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles, only for them to fall flat on their face in the second half. Mm. This time losing 38 to 31 in regulation. Last time was 34 to 31 in overtime. Yeah. Why can't why is Washington doing so well against Philadelphia overall? But yeah. the second half is just not where it is. Philadelphia putting up was that 28 points in the uh in the second half. Coaching. Coaching, Nathan. It's very simple. You can really narrow this game down to coaching was not good for Washington on many levels. And on this show, we like to get on Eric Bieniemy's case pretty hard. This is not the game to do that. When you put up 31 points against the Eagles, one of the best defenses, it's not the time to start blaming Eric Bieniemy. But good God, this defense is some of the worst defense I've ever seen, and that's not even taking into consideration the fact that you have six first-rounders out there playing it, it's just you can't keep doing this week in and week out and week in i mean they only gave up 14 last week but that's the giants the giants are a pathetic offensive team you can't just keep giving up 30 plus points every single week not with not in the nfl i don't care if you don't have any first rounders on defense yeah there's so, plenty of teams out there with a heck of a lot less first rounders doing a much better job on defense. Washington giving up 38 today. I mentioned 28 in the second half. They've given up 30 or more points five times this season. How many games have they played? Eight games, Stoner. Eight games and five of them. Interesting enough, not all of them losses. They won the Broncos game. They've yeah. lost every other one of those that they've given up 30-plus points. And the Falcons putting up 16 Let's see here, 16 for the Cardinals, 14, 14 for, for the, the Giants. Giants. So You're talking about Tyrod Taylor, Desmond Ritter, and Josh Dobbs. And, That's who you're holding down. And, and they're still putting up two touchdowns at least on you, and that means you're giving up 30 points on five games, and you're giving up two touchdowns at least on the other three games. You're, that's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. Yeah. And like you said, with some first-round talent, and, and this was the game stoner where leading into it, we have Blazer talking about trading away some of these defensive players. And it's just like we were yeah. asked on our live stream or play-by-play, -play, if if this is how bad the defense looks with the first-rounders, how bad is mm -hmm. going to look when you traded them away? Mm -hmm. How bad is it going to look when K.J. Henry and Andre Jones, a fifth and seventh-round picks are in there for chase and montez come next week against new england how is that gonna look you're exactly right and and what's crazy about this year is that they just can't seem to to put a full game together 
when you had the defensive performance from last week, the offense was incredibly bad. And then when you have the offensive performance in these two games against the Eagles and other teams, the defense falls apart. I mean, there were two punts for Philadelphia, their very first drive, and then they had one in the second half. Now, Washington only had two punts as well because their offense was playing pretty well. They had the two turnovers on downs, right? You had the one where they went for it in the first half, Mm -hmm. I think that was. And then they had the one they had to in the second half when you had the strip sack, uh, the only sack of the day that they gave up, by the way. They were actually 0 for 3 on fourth down conversions, so three turnovers on downs for Washington. I can't even remember what the other one was. I have to look that one. What was the – I don't even remember what the the other one was. But basically your offense was humming. Your offense was really well. So, again, this is not the week to get ticked off at Eric Bieniemy, even though the pass to – the run-to-pass ratio is still just – way out of way out of whack and we'll talk about that and it's fair to talk about that but you have to take it you have to put it into context mm-hmm. because you saw especially in the first half it was screen pass bubble screen short pass quick slant quick outs all of that and that's why that's an extension as you always talk about that's an extension of the running game so you kind of give them a pass for that but these numbers it's just too much he had 52 pass attempts He was sacked once, so that's 53, and he had two scrambles, so that's 55 dropbacks that he had, and they ran the ball 14 times. I mean, he had a very successful day. Sam Howell had a very, very successful day. I mean, and that's why I think, like, yeah, we can critique (laughs) it. We probably will on tomorrow's day day after reckoning, after after we get a, uh, a fresh set of eyes on this, right? Yeah. But I mean that for for all accounts, the offense was very successful outside Absolutely. of. By the way, those fourth the, the fourth uh, one that you're misremembering, you're not yeah. uh, recalling. Rather, yeah, I'm surprised you can't because we were screaming, not like this. Terry McLaurin back to back drops the back uh, dropped it on uh, hits his helmet on third down. Not the best pass, but very catchable. Yeah, you're right. Fourth down. You're right. Not the best pass, but very catchable, catchable. right in the bread yeah. basket. Terry McLaurin just drops it. That was your other one. So uh, you mentioned the other two being aggressive in the first half and then having to go for it. Uh, and the botched call there. I'm going to call it what it is, Stoner. That was a botched call. As Jahan All Dotson. Right, let's talk about it. Yeah, Jahan Dotson comes down with the ball. They call it a catch. Darius Slay's injured. During him getting tended to and walking off the field, they decide to call it incomplete. Right. It's at two minutes and five seconds, Stoner. Right. I don't know what happened that they decided to overturn it because there's no reviews from up top that should be happening until we hit the two-minute mark. That reversal forces Ron Rivera to have to call a challenge, and and I'm Mm -hmm. saying have to. There's no – I don't understand. I would not – I, we would all be out for his head, Stoner, if he sure. doesn't challenge that, and it's 100%. fourth and five, and we're having to go for it anyways. We lost a time, we lose a timeout because the way it works is they didn't get a clear shot at it. John yeah. Dotson caught that ball, 100, percent 100 percent, he caught it. But, but also Nathan, I will give them just a slight pass, not that they overturned the call on the field because somebody. An official had to come up 
and say, I had a better angle and I saw it hit the ground because the guy who called the catch originally cannot then just say, you know what? I'm changing my mind. Yeah. Wave it off. Somebody else had to come in and say that. Now, if Slay had not been hurt, because that's when the official had time to come in and change it. Mm-hmm. If he had not been hurt, the ball would have, or the clock would have gone down to the two minute warning and they still would have changed the call. Right. Because he still had the other official still had time to then yeah. come in and change the call. However, now I don't know what the rule is and maybe you can, you can tell me on this. If it is then at the two minute warning, would that be an automatic booth review or would Ron have to use a challenge on that should have been. So let's say it went down point, to the yeah. two minute warning. Slade doesn't get hurt. It goes to the two minute warning. Then they overturn the call. Somebody overturns the call would then that be a booth. Uh, should review. because it's two, two. Uh, I, I know we all, we all always say under two minutes, but it's, I believe it's at two minutes. It's two, two, two minutes and under there, but it that, wouldn't have changed. That's not, it wouldn't have changed. There's nothing, changed, but. nothing you can do. If that was called a catch, like it was, and Serrani was the one to throw the flag. It's not getting overturned. They're just they're you, yeah. Either way, what I saw was him cradling it, but right. because you can't see whether or not it did, it's like it could or it could not be. Right. But Washington didn't lose by you know that 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 uh, that call. They didn't lose no, by Terry no, McLaurin's two drops. It's just shady. Um, they. You know, we talk about how bad how bad this defense was, giving up 28 points and and 38 points over in the second half, 38 points overall. Mm-hmm. The defense did have two great outings at in the uh, goal line stance. They got the sure. ball twice by fumble recovery, but I mean, sure, that was also them getting in trouble, right, all the way down to the goal line and needing those fumble recoveries to stop this from being a 50 burger. Yeah, it would have been absolutely. And, and I get AJ Brown is, I mean, he's nigh unstoppable this season. I mm-hmm. mean, he he sets an NFL record today with 125 yards in six straight games. Uh, first player in NFL history to do that. And I mean, they stuck Emmanuel Forbes out on him again. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Yeah, I mean, you, you're trying to do you're you're playing one on one, and and I get trusting your guys and Mont uh, and not Montez Sweat, but. Benjamin St. Juice was doing what he could. And that one touchdown grab AJ Brown has, I mean, there's maybe three guys in the world who make that catch hundred percent. Okay. And he just happens to be one of them. Yeah. But Jalen hurts is banged up. You know, it was hobbling all game long Mm -hmm. and he throws for four touchdowns Mm -hmm. against this defense. Yeah. And they just didn't have an answer for the Eagles. The second time this season. Philly couldn't run the ball on this defense. They they ran the ball 22 times for 59 yards, which is a 2.7 yard average. And that includes the touchdown there at the end when they had the fake tush push and ran it ran it outside, which uh, which was a brilliant call by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh out coached there with a brilliant call by Philadelphia's offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, who Brian Johnson, would you like to be a head coach? Just ask <laughs> Um, it might have a position opening. Yeah, there may be a position open for a head coach. Uh, but I'm just the coaching decisions overall. Defensively, like you said, some of those with Forbes out there. Um, and then, but we do have to, we do have to put a lot on this 
vaunted defensive line that couldn't get home on, on Jalen Hurts. They just couldn't get to him because, and, and most of the time that we noticed, they were just rushing the four guys. And Jonathan Allen, you hear him say it every week. He says, we should be able to beat our guys no matter what, us four, four first-rounders, mm-hmm. and they're just not doing it. And so that's that's on them. That's not on coaching. But, of course, coaching overall, you give up so many points. Again, 38 points to Philadelphia, and it could have been 52 because of the two fumbles. One was at the goal line. One was inside the 10, I believe, for the other one. Mm-hmm. So they easily could have scored 52. But I do want to ask you uh, about this, um, Nathan, about the when they did not challenge the call in the first half on that Devontae Smith call uh, catch. Everybody, apparently, everybody in the stadium knew that was not a catch. And Ron did not challenge it. And this is the same thing that happened last year, if you remember. Same player, Devontae Smith had a play on the sideline. He did not catch it. But Philadelphia, being well-coached, gets up to the line and runs a play. And I think Jalen Hurts kind of ran around a little bit and then threw it out, out of bounds, and it was second and ten. That's way better than losing the challenge and going all the way back. They don't really care what happens on that play. They just are well-coached to get up there and snap the ball. Even kneel it, for crying out loud. You might want to do that. Do anything that's to being avoid out-coached. it. Yeah. That's being out-coached. Ron has been out-coached all year for four years, but here we are. I'm sure we're just going to have to deal with it for nine more weeks. Ten more well, weeks with the tra- trade deadline is two games away. And again, the big yeah. talk here was this Washington was going to determine whether or not they're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline based off of this game. Yeah. And after this result, what what do you think they're thinking? Well, I don't think I really I'm gonna get in trouble for saying something like this. But first of all, I don't think this one game should decide whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. They have That's five more bad personal. losses, though, to look at, but sure. Right, but I don't think that a lot of people are saying you're going into this game, and if you win, you don't sell, and if you lose, you go ahead and sell. I don't think that should be the case. If you're going to sell, sell. If you're not, don't. But this is going to sound really, really dumb, and I'm a dumb person, and I understand. But at three and five, with three winning, three winnable games coming up, and I understand this is Washington, and we're not that good in all that, but they're still winnable games. You could be six and five Mm -hmm. in a month from now, in three weeks from now. Oh, I mean, we said that after the last Philadelphia loss, too, right? We're like, hey, these are winnable games. Right. You get back and you host Philadelphia and you've got a winning record and all this is good. I'm not insane. They have to perform. Right. A hundred percent. I'm not insane in saying that they're going to win these games and be six and five or they're good enough to be six and five. I'm not saying that, but it can happen. And we have to take this and, and look at it from that kind of stand back a little bit and say, you can beat New England. You can beat Seattle. Seattle's a good team, but they're not great. You can beat the Giants. Okay, those are three winnable games, and you're can six they? and five, and you're back in it. Can they? No, I I don't have any reason to believe that they can, but it could happen. Bad teams win all the time. 
Sure. That was our, that was our mantra going into this game when people are like, can Washington win? Hey, any given Sunday. Yeah, that's right. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Division games. And, and, and for this particular game, what, what does Washington have to do differently? You have a quarterback who throws for nearly 400 yards and four touchdowns. You average five plus yards per carry on the ground. You win the turnover battle. You win the, the possession battle. You're seven for 12 on third down. Jesus. Like, what What do you got to do? You, I, I don't yeah. I, I You're don't right, Nathan. It. Those numbers are staggering. All those numbers that you just gave. That you win the turnover battle. You win the yardage battle. You win the time of possession. You, you offensively, you were so good. All of that stuff should add up to a victory. But you're my two God, for two that, in the red zone. Two, seven of 12 on... on on third down conversions, you were 0 and 3, 0 for 3 on fourth down conversions, but still, all that number should add up to a victory. But the defense could not stop Philadelphia. Period. They could not stop them. And that's where the entire blame goes for this. But I and but I will say, Nathan, we did talk about the the run to pass ratio again, and we'll dig deeper into it again because the numbers are staggering how much they're throwing the ball. In this game, what do we say? It's 55 to 14, 56 to 14. That's insane. That's an insane number. Here's something that Mitch Tischler put out on Twitter after the game. This is a staggering stat. Whenever a team drops back 40 plus times, not 50, Nathan, 40 plus times, do you want to know what their winning percentage is? Probably do you like want to guess one in one this season alone? Or no, no. We, in the history of football, history of NFL. Well, since 1940, since the modern era of football, and 10%. we're talking about. I'm going to give you how many games over 5,000 games, or 5,000 times that a team has dropped back 40 plus times. 5,000 games, 10 percent is way too high. Now I'm going to go with like six percent. Six percent of what? What? What do you mean six percent? You said how many times they're going to win? 6% of the 5,000 games or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's that's a little that's a little uh, low, but but still, <laughs> the number is t- about 27%. Okay. I thought it was going to be way lower than that yeah. because good just, lord, why are you passing that much? Yeah, if you're going to drop back 40 times a game, you're probably going to lose. Whether you're you're dropping back to uh oh hang on, sorry. Uh let it do it once. Um whether you're dropping back with the all these quick passes and all these screens, which is great, if you're dropping back that much, you're not going to win the game, period. It's just it's historically proven. You're talking about 5,000 games sample size. We're not talking about this year two or three games. 5,000. You can't drop back 40-plus times and think you're going to be successful. It ain't happening. Well, throw another stat that Washington won today, and that was the sack battle, getting after Jalen Hurts twice. Sam Howell, for the first time all season, was only sacked one time. One time. And one he, time. And he wasn't, and it came at a terrible time. Oh, a terrible, terrible time. So, yeah, both the interception and the uh, fumble absolutely <laughs> got, they were, just, they were just the worst time. It was like, wow. You know, Terry yeah. McLaurin drops, right? Those were coming at the worst time. Yeah. Sam Sam Howell's interception, worst time. His, yeah. his The first sack uh, all game long was a game ender. I mean, it, yeah. it's just. 
Let me give you some uh, looking back at our scores. Stoner had it 27-21 Philly. Trev had it 31-13 Philly. And you had it 22-16 Philly. Just thought I'd throw that out there just to. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's a bunch of other props, but we'll talk of, about of that. Course, of course, it was going to get flipped on its head here. It's a division game. You never know what's going to happen. Just, Although it's probably yeah. easy to predict Washington losing. They've got several games coming up, Stoner. We're going to sleep on this one. We'll come back and we'll take a look again tomorrow, day after reckoning. If you got questions that you want to hit us up, make sure you hit us up on our social media platforms. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just comment right there with your questions and we'll try to answer them on that day after reckoning. If you're listening to this on your favorite audio platform, make sure that you're subbed up there for us. We provide you content every day of the week. Washington following 38 to 31 here against the Eagles next week. It's the Patriots. And hopefully things could get changed around here, Stoner. But until next time. Groundhog Day. I don't think it's going to change anything. Be a fan.